Hi, Tori. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Did I catch you at a bad time? No, it's just always chaotic here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> always chaos. <laughs> That's exciting, though. No? <laughs> Do the kids want to be on the interview, too? No. No, <laughs> no they don't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's good. That's funny. Are you going to be able to talk about about things? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, some of the subject matter of your books, you know, it's risque, and I want to talk about that. No, my daughter is in bed, so we're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's good. And you have another one on the way, right? I do. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you're pretty close from, I remember, what we talked about. I'm, yeah, I'm hella pregnant. I'm eight months. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's great. I think you'll probably have the baby by the time this comes out, you know, perfect. live. So it'll be perfect. <laughs> you know? Wow. Well, that's exciting. That is exciting. Um, yeah, I've got a bunch of good questions for you. We're going to have a good talk and, and uh, we're just going to like hang out and just kind of like get to know each other and and have fun. So thank you for, for coming by. I, yeah, I really appreciate it. No problem. All right. Well, let's, uh, unless you have any questions, we'll just get right into it. Let's do it. All right. Hey, this is Mark Justice and you're back with Between the Lines tonight. We've got a very steamy episode. We want to welcome steamy paranormal writer paranormal i think that's the oh i may have to do that over again paranormal romance excuse me yeah i have it written right here trying to <laughs> trying to not to look at my my cards so that's okay the glory of editing yeah you know i can cut out all the flubs and make it look like i know what i'm doing Hey, this is Mark Justice, and you are back with Between the Lines. Tonight, we have a very steamy episode with steamy paranormal romance writer, Tori Heat. Tori, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Now, I've, I've never read any steamy paranormal romance, and so I'm looking forward to like talking all about the genre because it's one that I'm, I mean, I could put the parts together and kind of figure out what's going on, but I I didn't know there was such a genre before, yeah, you know, being on Instagram and seeing other writers, you know, like yourself, um, you know, who who write in these genres, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty cool, and Instagram is definitely. Uh, a cool place to see genres you didn't know about and other authors you didn't know about. Mm. Precisely. You know, I, I grew up, um, well, I guess we'll just talk about that. You know, um, who are some of your, you know, growing up, who are your summer favorite writers and some of your favorite books? Not paranormal, <laughs> <laughs> not even romance. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. I love that. Um, I grew up like reading like Stephen King and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot of my, that's kind of where the paranormal side of it comes in because when I started writing romance, it didn't make sense for me to write fluffy romance. <laughs> right. I'm not fluffy. <laughs> no Hallmark channel here, right? <laughs> so yeah, it just, 
paranormals just kind of it made sense to be a stepping stone from the darker stuff that I read. So okay, well that's cool. I mean, nothing wrong with dark. I mean, someone's got to write it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we wouldn't have light without the dark. Or at least we wouldn't appreciate it. Exactly. You know, you have to have that. <clears throat> so, what first drew you into writing? Like. I find that there's an interesting correlation between people who loved to read growing up and then who became writers. Because you can't be a good writer, I think, unless you are, or at one time have been a voracious reader and you have to love the medium, you know? Yeah, you have to, you have to kind of know how it works, the ins and outs of it as a reader to see what people would enjoy. Um, I was definitely a big reader growing up, um, but I didn't start writing until later um, I actually went to school for visual arts and I painted so I painted for a really long time and uh, when my daughter came home I couldn't paint because she only slept in my arms so I needed some other kind of creative outlet and so I started writing books on my phone <laughs> on google docs I started writing werewolf yeah. books <laughs> wow yeah so where did the love of the like these monsters like werewolf books like that seems was it like an arbitrary decision or or how did you have you always been a fan of like these horror these these creatures yeah and horror? yeah I've always been a fan of kind of like anything different or okay. um, anything like that um you know those kind of movies and um even so you watched I, a lot of horror as a kid then is that those kind of monster so movies horror, not so much horror but like thrillers and okay you know, and I grew up in the Twilight era, so <laughs> Twilight, you know, you can't get away from that, <laughs> but you just got to make it a bit steamier than, you know, Jacob and Edward, so. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure there's probably a whole, a whole bunch of fan fiction, you know, about the, the Twilight series. Um, I've never read the Twilight series. <laughs> I've had students, uh, I used to teach English, and I've had students read it, um, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I wasn't, uh, I'd heard a lot about it, and I, I think it was like, okay, that's not my thing, but that's okay. You know, yeah. um, you like what you like, you know, yeah. and I was having them read H.P. Lovecraft. And um, I don't know if you have, have you ever read any Lovecraft at all. Okay. And one of the students came up to me afterwards and said, Professor Justice, I'll never be able to read Twilight again. <laughs> yeah, for reading Lovecraft. And I thought, do I say you're welcome or, you know, <laughs> a whole different world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, and they, you know, cause the writing is just so different, you know, it's, it's so stylized, you know, and yeah. Um, the same thing, like you, you had mentioned Stephen King and I was going to ask you, and I, 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 I didn't, do you have a favorite Stephen King book or you just like, you know, what about Stephen King? Uh, what made you a fan? Honestly, it's the way that he can tell a story without actually like, sometimes he doesn't even detail his characters, you know, like he doesn't tell you what a character looks like the entire book. And you're like, and yet like these books are like this thick. Right. Or he gives a minimal description, like, minimal like description. in Pet Cemetery, we knew that Gage had was about the age and like blonde hair or something, blue eyes, or that's about it, you know? And that was it. <laughs> yeah. And you and fill it in the blanks. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love that. And um, it's something that, people I think enjoy my writing for now because I tend to do that 
but it's also something I get a lot of flack about because people pick up my books thinking I'm a fantasy writer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. not a fantasy writer. I'm well, not world building. <laughs> oh, see, okay, good. That's, that's, that was something I was going to talk about down the road is world building, but you're not world building. So I do not world build. I'm that's... like, here they are. They're in a forest. Have at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like the porn equivalent of literature is that you just push play and like <laughs> meow, chicka, meow. i mean they're right <laughs> like, like werewolf meat humans werewolves and they're just going to town in the forest the forest is the world and they're just having sex what more do you want is, is that that's a plot like i have i am okay. very firm on having a plot smut balance here okay. um, <laughs> well the, well there's that so that's exciting um Okay, I this is great because I have like so many questions about this. Um, okay, so if you're not world building, because I'm not because you know, as most writers tend to create a world in which their characters, you know, live, um, because you have to have a place, but you just have this forest, right? Yeah, and they're the just characters... hanging out. Yeah. for some reason, they're usually in Chicago. Um, oh, okay. it makes no sense to me because I've never been to Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot of, I'm going to tell you, there's not a lot of forests in Chicago. Um, They're usually outside you know, of Chicago. But... Okay, <laughs> yeah. You might want to rethink their location. Like, why? You know? <laughs> I mean, New York at least has Central Park. You could probably, you know, have them like go on vacation, like, look at this forest in the middle of the city. Let's have sex, you know? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I've just, I'm, I focus a lot more on the action and the emotions okay. and sure. that kind of stuff that drives them. Yeah. And I'm very, my writing's very quick. Okay. <laughs> I don't like people to get bored because I get bored sometimes when okay. I read world building. So when I'm writing. Oh, uh, okay. I see. So don't, you don't want, you're, we're not bringing, we're not doing Silmarillion, Lord of the Rings here. We don't give a, we don't give a, I don't want to weigh it down. I yeah, want we don't give it. a shit about these elves and dwarves. Let's yeah. just, let's just focus on the werewolves and the humans or other monsters and paranormal creatures having a free-for-all not a free-for-all like there is well, no i know there's a plot yeah well well i love to, <laughs> I promise I, there's a plot <laughs> well let's let's talk about plot then i mean um well because I, I i have so many questions that i'm, I'm gonna i'm just gonna get rid of the world building question <laughs> right now because there's, there's no, no need but no, that's fine because I'm. I was going to talk about plot and, and how you develop plot. So, you're focusing on characters and relationships and the plot. So, so how do you? What is your creative process? I guess um, when you're creating this this plot for a sort of storyline or a book, uh, how do you how do you develop the the plot that these characters are going to be working and, and living through if without the grounding of having a place um usually they tell me what they want to do okay <laughs> okay um i mean that in the least crazy way possible i was just say like um, have, have you have you um blink twice if you're okay <laughs> um, no it's good i i, I i'm I a really it. bad plotter it probably goes hand in hand with the world building i'm a really bad plotter bad plotter okay so yeah so we're talking about bad plotting meaning you're a pantser versus a yes. okay i'm that's I, that's that's on my questions are you a pantser or a plotter i'm i'm a pantser I can't yeah. okay now as someone who is a, a rabid plotter um 
I have a hard time understanding the ability to just say, yeah, you know, I got this idea and uh, here we go. Um, I mean, I get all ideas and I write them down, but you know, maybe this is my years of in academia as a student and as an instructor, you know, teaching English and how to do research papers and organize and develop ideas. Um, I, you know, I, I'm all for the, the creative endeavor and, and, um, you know, brainstorming and those kinds of things. But then I have to, me, I have to then say, okay, here are the good ideas. Let's try to develop them and articulate them in a way that how then do I arrange them into a plot that makes me happy? And is there some mm -hmm. kind of arc or some kind of longer, you know, piece here? It's usually like all the details then start sliding in like, oh, this would be really good here. So, so please help me understand the process as, as a pantser how you go into from like no idea to finished product. So I, I like to, let's hear it all. So it usually starts with a weird random idea that comes to me while I'm sleeping. Okay. <laughs> and then I usually message one of my writer friends and I detail the entire dream to them. And I'm like, can okay. I make this into a book? And she's like, yes. <laughs> you got a lot of supporter that. friends then. You have supporter <laughs> friends who say, yeah. Yeah, you 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 had a dream about a balloon that followed you around, and then 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 yes, you write I feel that like out. at least once she should probably say no, okay. but fine, it's totally fine. We're working with it. Um, it's usually a pretty vague idea, um, and then from there, I kind of just sit and think about my characters, and I think about what they're like, and it, they usually just kind of appear. Like <laughs> they, okay. they kind of. They name themselves. They tell me what they're like. It usually makes sense within the plot. Sure. Um, and then I just start writing. Interesting. Um, <laughs> okay. No, so, I, that's fantastic um, that you have this really close, intimate connection with your with your characters, and that they're so, you know, at at the ready, you know, and and are so involved in this interaction with them. That that's fascinating to me. And um, have you? always kind of once you started like writing has, has it has it always been like that for you or did you try writing in other ways and that it just didn't seem to fit for you I just so nosedive is the one that's my most recent and I sat down with nosedive and I'm like I'm gonna plot this one I'm gonna plot it out and it plotted it out and then I threw out it the plot and then I made another plot and then I threw out that plot and I probably made six or seven plots and I had to throw every single one of them out because they just would not follow the plot. <laughs> they were just. <laughs> That's fantastic. The character's like, I'm not doing that. I don't care what <laughs> no, you tell me. Oh, no. uh, uh. It was originally going to be a slow burn book, like filled with tension. Mm -hmm. um, and then in chapter four, they ended up going to the pub and getting drunk and which was not in my chapter four originally <laughs> and so then chapter five they had to bone because <laughs> they, they got to. drunk at the pub <laughs> of course what why else would you go get drunk at a pub unless you're gonna bone so, afterwards i mean obviously I no choice <laughs> <laughs> right those characters are forcing you to tell their story um well that's that's fantastic what was the original chapter four plot if i can ask of the six that you threw away of the six I think the original chapter four plot was she was going to like just chill in her room for the night and then she was going to run off in the middle of the night and like sneak away and run away from him 
and okay. but he convinced her to go to the pub with him so oh, it yeah. i see okay yeah so see this is i mean we're laughing about it, but it, i i find it fascinating I, this is the one of the reasons why i started this show is that i know mostly my own process and i have other writing friends who we we don't talk writing all the time it's not like we the algonquin round table for crying out loud um but i you know i know them enough to where we've talked about writing sometimes and i know their process so i meeting so many of the writers like yourself on on instagram um i just in all these different genres that i had never been aware of i just like i have to get to know these writers i have to know how they do what they do why they do what they do and that's why i did this show so i this is all very exciting and uh for me like to like oh okay because it's like totally antithesis of everything that i that i would do as a writer you know i mean other than sometimes the characters do kind of just kind of pop up like you know who this character is going to be like i mean yeah. i've done that in several of my books you know i've got a cozy mystery series and some of those characters just like pop up you know who they're going to be and that's really gratifying when they when they kind of come fully formed you know and then my splatter western the main character i i kind of know yes i know this guy i know how he talks and he's just full of rage and you know he's a guy who's who's been uh, wrongly accused of a crime and um, wants to go get his revenge on the people who sent him to jail, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. So th those things I, I get, and I understand how, even when you plot out something, how things can change because that's, I think the magical process of writing, isn't it? Like it's, it's a place where in invention and intention and creativity and discovery and imagination like all come together and sometimes it just takes off in different directions that you really never expected yeah it's always cool to see where it ends up from like the original and i have like all these because even when i write notes to myself in my notebooks it's just like one or two words so it'll literally be like chapter eight fight <laughs> obviously like, well that's yes they're having a fight in chapter eight right <laughs> but sometimes okay. I, I forget and then i don't know what chapter eight fight means yeah. and so i just make something else up and it's fine it always works out it works wow out. okay <laughs> do you do you at least have a a rough arc of the the plot like beginning middle and end like this is how it's going to begin here's how it ends and here's a some of the things that happen to them in between or do you just start with like Mm, that's an idea and i'm just going to go and see how i can get accomplish it done sometimes yes and sometimes no okay um, i'm writing the last book in my werewolf novella series right now um it's coming out in may and that one i knew exactly where it was going mm -hmm. um so even though it's not really plotted i knew where it was starting i knew what the like the tension the climax was going to be and i knew how it was going to end because it's the last book. So you're kind of wrapping sure. things up. Yeah. Um, with the other book I'm writing right now, I knew how it was going to start. I know what's going to be the climax of it. I don't really know how it's going to end right now. <laughs> okay. Um, that's fair enough. I mean, once I see how the climax plays out, that's kind of where you, I think where the endings usually come to me. <laughs> right. And right. I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense. This is how it sure. will go. <laughs> right. Because you could see the the story, if you have this series, you can kind of see like the major the major things, like the themes yeah. developing. And um, 
right. I, I have the same thing. I've got three series going on. Um, and I, I have rough, uh, two of them are trilogies at least. Um, so I kind of have an idea. I have like the three stories in the one series named and I kind of have basic plots of them. I kind of yeah. know what's going to happen, but you know, that's different than like the everyday laying down the sentence after sentence after sentence when you're building that reality, you know, things can change. And then the other one I, I think could be an ongoing series. So I have no idea really how many it's going to be, but my cozy mystery series, it's four books. That was how it was planned from the beginning, each one following a different season. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I know how that's, I, I have an idea how it's going to end. Yeah. I'm still working the second book. I, I have, the vaguest notion of plots for the summer and the fall book it's like eh, you know i'm too busy writing yeah yeah it's like I, i'm trying to write this one it's like I, I got too much to worry about right now um no it's fascinating see in a way i don't know if you know this that stephen king is a is a pantser as well oh. and i think probably i mean he might have because he's been writing for you know for decades so he obviously knows what he's doing but i i think when we're young and when we don't know any better we write without really plotting we just write and go we're pantsers i think naturally and then as we start writing more complex things perhaps some of us like me i was an academic so i learned to organize and plot um but he was saying that he was watching uh, a tv show or a news report or something uh, about a police officer and someone had been murdered and there was some kind of investigation. And he thought, oh, I, I think that's something I'd like to write about. And he intended it to be about, you know, 12, 15,000 word, you know, 50 page short story. Um, and he said, yeah, about 500 pages into it. And I thought, oh, maybe this should be a novel instead, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I thought, well, you got 40 years of experience, you know, 45 cranking out these books. I'm sure you can do that now because you've done it so much, but the thought of just taking on such a daunting project as, as a novel with dozens of characters and plots and subplots and all these things, just, just starting like as a complete pantser. um, I think mine would just be a complete mess. It would just be like, like a bowl of spaghetti. You're just pouring out on a table and like, (laughs) letting a bunch of cats play with it you know it's like everywhere I'm good at keeping it like in like the big picture everything is usually cohesive um and I think that's because I keep things pretty simple naturally like again like the world building yeah. there is a bit of world building like it's not, <laughs> not they the live in a forest that's the world just shut <laughs> up reader just like in like a black hole <laughs> um although I did write entire scene in my ruins books um where they were in just a dark tunnel the entire time because they were in the void <laughs> it was a well, very they, they have to be you know why not um <laughs> see now that that also is a curious thing this lack of world building it was this was this intentional you said you just don't like doing it or what you don't like stories that spend too much time building yeah the world. i'm not um when i'm writing I write thinking about how other people are going to read it. Um, So when I'm writing it and I'm like, oh, if I bog this down too much, I would get bored. So if I'm going to get bored, you know, the general person would get bored. And I know that paranormal romance is a new genre for a lot of people. So I don't want to 
I want my books to be able to reach more than just people who like werewolf romance. You sure, know? right. I want to reach people who read contemporary romance or, you know, people who don't necessarily read romance, but they like werewolf stuff. I kind of want it to reach all of those people. Okay. So it's the same thing when I'm writing the plot, um, which is why I never really know how the ending is going to go. Because I'll be like, oh, I would be bored at this point. Or <laughs> a twist in there. <laughs> sure. Or, you know, fight scene or something. And I, I keep the action going when I would get bored. That makes sense. Because um, you are bringing your expectations as a reader into your own writing. Um, I love that. Um, because you're, what you're really thinking about the experience that the reader is going to have. And in a, in a way, that kind of that kind of flies in the face of a lot of writer expectations, where at the end of the day, you you know the writer you uh, have to be happy with what you've written, mm -hmm. and if you are, it doesn't matter if anyone else likes it. Like you want people to like it, obviously you want them to like it and read and read your books and buy more books and you know those kinds of things. But at the end of the day. You, know, you have to be satisfied first and foremost. And so that's like my one takeaway from Stephen King, like write for yourself. Um, and so I, I tried my best to do that. Uh, I, and I just hope that people like it, you know, but you can't control that. But you are the first writer I've talked to who is so cognizant of, of how you would respond to your own story. And I, I think that's really wonderful. I want to entertain people. I don't necessarily, I'm not writing because I like the sound of my own voice <laughs> because I don't. <laughs> I'm writing to entertain people and I want people to take away something from my books. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of always playing in the back of my head as I'm writing. What do you want them to take away? I want them to take away, I want, the best way I can describe it is I want my books to stick. I want some kind of feeling in my book to resonate and stick to people's chests and to make them think and, you know, for them to be like, oh, that scene made me think about this. And that's, you know, not necessarily, I don't, I don't need to change people's lives here, but sure. I want them to be like, oh, that one scene that stuck with me. Yeah. Um, okay. Because I don't know. <laughs> This is, this is an ongoing story here. Um, have you read Justin Cronin's The Passage? No. Okay. So there's one scene in The Passage. You have to read it. It's such a great book. Okay. One of my favorites. And my husband was listening to the audiobook of it. And I was like, you're going to get to this one scene. And this scene has stuck with me for years. And when you read the scene, you're going to know what this scene is. You're going to know what scene it is. And like, I haven't read this book for years. Um, but the scene still sticks with me how I felt reading it. And he came home and he's like, you didn't tell me it was going to be like that. <laughs> and that's what I want. I want scenes that, you okay. know, they don't go away. Okay. I like that. That's a pretty good ambition for any writer really to want something. I mean, you want your books to resonate with people, mm -hmm. but to have them kind of carry it, you know, carry that. <clears throat> that's, pr that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I when when do you get reader response from your books? Do do you often find some of it like surprising with the kinds of things that people say about your writing? 
I'm always surprised when people give me positive feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, um, I I read my reviews fairly regularly. Um, After Blood Crown, I kind of stopped just because there was a lot of, like, Blood Crown's a very polarizing book. Um, So if you're not reading it for what it is, you're not going to like it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sure. Blood Crown is... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go go into this with false expectations, right? Yeah. It, yes. But you know, yeah. Looking for too much plot. If you want plot, I got you know like ten other books. I've <laughs> plotted out lots of smut. Enjoy yes. the smut. Yes, this one right. is just smut. Yeah, we're not masquerading um, as something that we're not. I, I see. I love that. I, I love you're making no apologies about it. Like, no. look, this is my smut book, and and you should be unapologetic about. It. Like, yeah, I want to read some smut. Yeah, no, that's my smut book. It's good smut, you know, but yeah, don't, don't go into it thinking, you know, it's it's a fantasy book because mm-hmm. even there. though there are fantastic situations, yes, it is it is a smut book with fantastic yes. creatures. That's yes. the paranormal romance, exactly. um, or paranormal paranormal smut or whatever. You know, I'm not sure the the genre of paranormal romance is. You said it's pretty new. Uh, it was new for me, and that's what that's what intrigued me. It's like one reason why I wanted to talk with you about this because i've seen other writers kind of do the paranormal kind of in reality you know kind of magic Mm -hmm. in the modern world or reality you know blending genres but the paranormal romance i've seen a few other writers do but one thing i really like about your presence on instagram are your your little your reels you know (laughs) they're, they're they're like really funny and they're kind of flirty and i thought okay because you're playing up on that the idea that you're writing smut and and you're and i the one that kind of made me laugh i think was about like, like when your family finds out what you write you know i'm like yeah i get it and like so what what have been your the reactions from your family closest friends who know i guess everyone knows now um what what, what what like what what you write like what kind of re- uh, responses have you gotten honestly everyone's been very supportive um, I don't think anyone was surprised, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, the, the running... You've always had spot on the brain, Tori, right? <laughs> the running joke with my family is that my grandmother always says I'm different. So <laughs> she's just like, you've always been different, you know? Hey, it's different's good. You're, right? you're writing smut about werewolves. Fine. Um... <laughs> Are they always werewolves? No, no. So my okay. first series is werewolves. Um... And then my second series was a dream demon. So oh, like a succubus it. or incubus. Yeah. Ma- male or female? Nightmare. Male or and female? Male. Okay. So an, a succubus. Okay. Or an incubus. Excuse me. It was called a nightmare. Nightmare. Oh, I like it. Nightmare, yeah. Because you've got okay. And um, then Nosedive was a witch and a dragon shifter. A dragon shifter. A dragon shifter. Yeah. So wow. like a werewolf, but a dragon. Okay. Like a were dragon. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, and, and forgive me for my ignorance, because I've not read your books. Um, I just found the, the fascinating, you know, the, this idea of this paranormal uh, romance uh, and smut. Smut's always good. Um, now, the first book with the werewolves, are they like werewolves with werewolves, werewolves with humans, the transformation? I mean, what about it? The werewolf kink is is exciting or the werewolf fetish what was it attracted you to say yeah i think i want werewolves having sex with other werewolves or people or 
you know, how does that work? I think it's just, I think it's the, the animalistic nature, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the loss of control and, you know, that side of things. But, mm -hmm. and totally. Yeah. The animal also, in us. It also helps make the romance more believable because it's a little bit more out there. <laughs> it okay. makes, you know, the quick, like falling in love kind of romance thing more uh, believable <laughs> because they are intense creatures they you know they don't have time you know it's just like jesse the body ventura's character in predator i ain't got time to bleed you know i ain't got time to mess around I, <laughs> i'm here for the smut and i gotta change into a wolf um no that's good there's a concept uh in horror when i i taught a section in uh, an intro to horror class there's a concept that you I may or may not have heard. I'm not sure if you've done a lot of research into lycanthropy or horror movies or anything, but the term romantic isolation is when we identify with the monstrous in the human and the human in the monster. So King Kong is a good example of the latter. King Kong and the Wolfman, or Frankenstein rather. We mm -hmm. see the human side of the of King Kong. He's just a a, an ape too big for his environments and we see the innocence of frankenstein's monster because he, he just he just wants to know why he's here and why people are tormenting him but we also see that that monstrous in the human when we watch movies like the wolfman you know we larry talbot um we we kind of feel sympathy and empathy for him we also kind of like wish that was us like yeah i wouldn't mind turning into a werewolf you know um so i i totally i totally get it. that transformation that and it's being in touch with that, that yin and yang, that animal side in all mm -hmm. of us, you know, um, that's pretty cool. So did you do research into like anything like the, these creatures before you started writing to kind of add some of that information in the books? I don't add, so um, I do research into lore um, just to kind of get a rough idea, but there's so many different ways that you can take it that it's kind of fair game as long as you're sticking within somewhat <laughs> of the world you know you're not like oh you know werewolves have uh, mermaid tails like as long as you're not going that far out like right usually it's okay sure. um, some people do have preferences you know like some people prefer their werewolves to only shift in the full moon um that kind of stuff some people prefer that werewolves can only be werewolves if they're bitten um oh it <sighs> Yeah, you're never going to please everyone, though. So right, exactly. You just you right. do what makes sense to your story, and yeah, I mean, so those breakthrough movies are about the changing nature of of these monsters we've known about. You know, they're mostly Eastern European folklore. You know, vampires mm -hmm. and werewolves are you know come from the, those those countries, that areas of the world, and um, you know, the folklore comes up about it you're bitten by the werewolf and if you don't die then you become a werewolf or you know or when the wolf mane blooms and the moon is full and bright you know um it's like tomorrow night the, the moon is full tomorrow night so so there are all the werewolves out there you know time to, here, now's your time um <laughs> no that's that's uh fascinating um because do you play with those tropes at all like like twilight did with the glittery vampires uh, sparkling vampires and the, you know um they didn't want to drink human blood and those kinds of things so do you do you play with those tropes at all and, and make these kind of i will say sympathetic werewolves in that in that regard they're definitely like they're definitely sympathetic like you know you kind of it's easy to pick up points of yourself in them 
um, uh-huh. and that's kind of how I always wanted to do it. Um, especially you get more of it. So Darkling is the werewolf series and it's written just from the female main character's point of view. So it's written just from Ava's point of view. Um, and my second series, the Watcher series, that's the Dream Demon. It's written in a dual point of view. Um, so it's written from Luke, who's the Dream Demon, and then Joel, who's the human having the bad dreams. And I did it like that. So you can see the reflection between the two of them. So you can kind of like, because they're saying the same things. Okay. But they mean different things. Sure. So sometimes we'll even say like the exact same sentence. Mm-hmm. And it has a completely different connotation. But then, of course, as it should with the demon. Yeah. Right. And then as the story moves along, you know, sometimes they're saying different things, but you're seeing the similarities between them. And it's very cool to kind of see that played off each other because I think it does humanize the demon <laughs> and, you know, demonize the human sure (laughs) that's the romantic isolation um right there you know i think a demon must have been really fun to write i mean because you can get into this mindset where you know i mean are they a legalistic demon are they are they all about the the uh you know the exact nature and wording of what you're going to say like semantics or are they are they clever are they putting on a, a fake front to to lure humans in but if there's a nightmare demon um this you know the motivation has got to be to torment people to some degree i'm gonna guess so that's that had to be a lot of fun it was um i wrote it kind of at a weird point in my life so like it just it made sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) i called it word vomit and then i was like (laughs) here um because i published my novellas through a small publisher um so they're traditionally published through this publisher and so I was writing my Darkling books and then I wrote The Ruins, which is the first Watcher book. And I was kind of just like, here, take it. Do you want it? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, this is great. We'll publish this. I'm like, okay, cool. Wow. But on to the next. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you how did you get to this publisher and, and get get a publishing deal with them? Um, so I wrote my book, the Darkling book. Um and then I think it was like a year after that we went into lockdown and so I started reading like romance books again while we were in lockdown because like what else are you gonna do with your time right <laughs> and like you know you're, you're too upset to read anything else besides romance <laughs> I see. And so I'm reading some of these romance books and I'm like these romance books can get a publisher I can get a publisher you know, as I sit on my couch in my pajamas for the fifth day in a row. Yeah. And <laughs> I love the bravado. I love that confidence. That's fantastic. I it's mean, sure. That's, I mean, it's like they're every writer's dream to get a publisher. Like, yeah, I can do that. You stupid writers aren't getting publishers. Jeez. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, of Cheeto course. dust all over my sweater. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So oh. I said- Well, is it? regular flavored cheetos or are we talking flaming hot here no no just regular just regular okay flaming hot would come when you're writing the, the night demon i think yeah, you'd have to yeah okay okay all right just <laughs> just had to check i'm sure there are people out there like taking notes like mm, a flaming hot cheetos okay <laughs> yeah, that will do it. um so i just started 
querying. So I started querying smaller publishers. Um, I think I got, because I originally marketed Darkling as a novel. So it was originally a novel and I split it for my publisher, which is Changeling Press, because um, they publish novellas. Um, oh, okay. I think I got three or four offers for it. Um, but Changeling was the best and it was something that I was most comfortable with. Um, but actually, <laughs> I wrote my query letter sitting on my couch and, um, you know, I was writing out my email professional pretending, you know, that I'm a professional human being and my daughter stepped on my computer and sent the email half finished. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, like, <laughs> you can swear here. It's all right. We like all the words. <laughs> I was like, there goes that chance. I really like this publisher. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? It's fine. I immediately reset the email fully worded this time. <laughs> Just in case. What's Just letting you know? Um, went to yoga that night, came back. They emailed me back and she's like, this has to be the best query letter I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> Wow. What was then that magic sauce? Must have been the Cheetos. I mean, that's crazy. Catheter's query letter. That's what got me my publisher. Wow. I mean, this is like defies all logic because there's so much that goes into that query letter. That's like, you know, as someone who's self-published, um, you know, I mean, and, and did a lot of research into the publishing industry, the fact that you got published, the odds of that are astronomically low. And, and, you know, let alone like, I mean, it's like one to 2%. You know, especially someone who's never written and you don't, you don't have an agent, right? No. I mean, that you're like, you like fly in the face of like all of the research that's been done, you know, the last couple of years, because KDP has completely disrupted the market. But even before that, the big publishing houses were, you know, one, one percent chance, maybe. Yeah. You know? I don't, wow. I don't. The changeling like press. They do novellas. Yes. And I don't okay. like to talk about it too often on Instagram, to be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> because I am a hybrid author. So my novels are self-published. Okay. Ghost Dive is self-published. Sure. I'm a self-published. Uh, my next novel will be self-published. Yeah. Um, but I still publish my novellas traditionally. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I love all forms of publishing. I am, you know, whatever way yeah. you want to go, I support you. Sure. Um, well, why not? I, I mean, you know, you have the option to do it all. So why not? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, who's going to turn down someone saying, yeah, we'll publish your book. I go, okay. Yeah. I found a lot of people very early on, like in my Instagram journey, um, were kind of judgmental when I told them the true story of how I got my publisher. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't, I don't tell people that's not, it's not, oh, sure. I don't feel the need like when I tell people it's not because I'm bragging, it's just, it is what it is. Well, it yeah. happened. The fact that it happened at all is, I mean, is amazing. And the fact that you're, it, I mean, I, it's just like the best story I've heard all day. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, seriously, because it, because it's so, it's just so, that won't say random because you still, you had to put the work in, but it's just so like unconventional. It just fell into place. And yes. I'm and I, I so love lucky. that. I love that. That's like part of our American bedrock belief is this luck, luck and pluck. 
you yeah. know, like stories of like Horatio Alger would write, you know, Mark the Batch Boy and things like that, where this little scrappy kid is like, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to get my lucky break. And, <laughs> yeah. And so, right, exactly. Um, so now I'm going to go check them out. Like, do they do like no, other than novellas? Like what genres do they do? All, so all genres? they are, they're romance. Um, okay. They're a romance publisher. They do what's called speculative fiction. So oh, okay. it kind of encompasses sci-fi, paranormal, fantasy. But under the romance umbrella. Yes. Okay. Well, that puts me out. So um, <laughs> that's okay. I don't, it's one. No, like, alien one, romance? No, no. I, I, I've got the cozy, but there's, the cozy defies logic and that there's no murder. There are mysteries, but no murder, no bloodshed. It's like Hallmark friendly. Um, my splatter Western is what it is. I mean, splatter Western, it's violent, it's grim, it's, it's you know, excessively brutal um then i have a, a pulp action horror series which is like harkens back to the 30s you know the phantom and it's you know voodoo and zombies and things like that um you know i got some sci-fi stuff comedies in the works but uh nothing nothing romance it's like i, I take my romance cue from hp lovecraft i mean whatever you read his romance anything about sexuality and romance always ends up in like abominations you know whether it's cannibal families or like deformed children with multiple heads and you know that's the kind of stuff that if i have romance um then that's what's going to happen yeah <laughs> so, right now because in my first cozy i have a main character abby and her best friend ray they've been friends since childhood and there's a lot of interplay and, and joking around between them which i i used as a base my relationship i have with like all my friends and my cousins you know this very familial joking a lot of fun and and like you, you can say things because you know the base of the relationship is is not going to be shaken you know you just yeah. you're just having fun but there's like there's absolutely no like intentional flirtation or romantic feelings at all and i i had a pretty good book group them together and they were all asking so when's ray gonna get together with abby when's abby gonna get like i go what do you mean they're not going to like no no because they're obviously flirting i'm like really and they're like pointing to passages like uh, you know, they're, they're reading into this you know this flirtiness i'm like and and that, that dawned on me like oh i that was my reader response like oh you you're seeing something that i didn't intend at all and i thought that would be fascinating so now that i know it i'm gonna be a I'm going to be a real bastard. And like in the second book, I'm, I'm kind of writing that like Abby's like questioning, like something happens that triggers this. Like, do I have feelings for Ray? Do I, do I not? Just because they, if they hadn't said anything about it, I would have gone my merry way without. Nope, nope, yeah. nope, nope. But now that I know you're getting it, you're getting it readers. I'm not going to tell you, but I'm still telling you, it's not going to work out. They're not getting together. They're going to end up in a forest with a bunch of werewolves and they yeah. are getting it on but not, with it, but not with each other right that's fantastic um <laughs> this is just all kinds of good today i mean seriously the that you kind of just like stumbled into this and you're just so like on your couch relaxing like yeah i'm just gonna man why the hell not I mean, when when you got the letter back from them, what was your response? Like, did you choke on your your handful of Cheetos or what? Like, fuck, they're gonna publish me. I mean, how was that response? 
like she emailed me back and um what was it I came downstairs it was like 5 a.m my husband was getting ready for work and I'm like I think they want to publish me like <laughs> oh god now I gotta send something to oh Jesus my, my, pub, my public my adoring public god, I I can't st- they're just wanting to take pictures <laughs> just too much pressure I gotta go gotta go sit back on the couch <laughs> who would want me <laughs> obviously if you not see my flirty memes on Instagram, my reels are genius. <laughs> the, oh, this is the other thing, because I had no social media presence. I had nothing. I had to create it all. I just started all from the ground up because they're like, yeah, you got to see it on Instagram. And I was like, I, I, now I know why you don't share the story so often, because I can see people going, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, very upset. Um, yeah. about this i could see that like i've tried for six years to get a publisher to notice me damn it you know and it's, i don't know like it's not that's funny it's not something that i'm like oh look at me i'm, I'm right it, it's not like that you know sure. it's just right well that's what i love about it so much it's just like oh i i guess it happened yeah, yes I'm, no, I'm, i get I'm it and i'm grateful for it and sure i will still build up everyone else no matter where they are in their publishing journey and right well i like that you're doing both i mean i like that the fact that you're not letting just because you know you have a publisher for your novellas but you still are writing novels and you still put that out yourself it's like um you're, you're writing in these different formats because they really are different animals not to have a werewolf pun here but but you really do have the novellas a t- completely different or or, or pulp length, I like to say they're like forty five thousand words, or so. My my pulps are around that, but my cozy is like one hundred and ten. Yeah, you know, it's pretty thick for a cozy because some cozies are tiny like that too. Um, so but it's you treat them very differently. Yes, you know, and it's it's been a process to kind of convince people to read my novellas because I think they they have like a certain mindset of what a novella is mm-hmm. and. Um, again, with how I write, I write very quick. Um, so it makes sense for a novella. So even though, you know, my novellas are 30,000 words, you're still getting a full character arc. You're still getting a full plot. You're still getting the twists and turns you expect from a novel. You're just, it's just shorter. Did you say 30,000? 30,000. Yeah. Okay. So that's about a hundred, that's about a hundred pages. Yeah. You know, so how long does it take you to write those 30,000 words? It really depends um, if I'm crazy or not. <laughs> Define crazy. <laughs> if I'm motivated and I can focus on it, I can usually get it done in about three weeks. Oh, um, okay. Do you write like every day kind of thing? or I try to. I oh, try okay. To. Um, mm-hmm. It's sometimes it doesn't work and that's fine. Um, right. I took a break for most of January actually. Um, just didn't write anything. Sure. Um, you I can't write all the time. You're not a machine, right? I'm sorry to talk over you. Yeah. No, no, no. You're completely fine. Um, yeah, I just took I... some time for me in January. Edited Nosedive and yeah, focused on that. And now I'm back to it. So, mm-hmm. but. In a day, do you write how many, how many words do you think? You, do you have a goal like every day? Like I'm going to write 2,000 words a day or 1,000 words a day? Or is it just, just whatever comes out? 
yeah, I try and shoot for 2000. Sure. It, it really varies. Um, my daughter's three. <laughs> so usually I can write more when she's at school. <laughs> right. That can get in the way. Um, right. They, they, yeah. Yes. Also being pregnant. The brain pregnant does not help things. I want to sleep all day. <laughs> I, I, well, I look like I'm pregnant, but I don't, you know, I get it. I want to sleep, you know, all day too. Um, do you, uh, Tell, let's talk a little bit about the, the process of, of writing, actually writing. Like, do you write on your laptop, pencil, pen and paper, or, you know, do you use software helps like Scrivener or Babisco or, you know, how, tell me about the act of writing, how you write. So I still have never used Scrivener. Um, it kind of intimidates me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things that people know that intimidate me and I'm just like. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> It's a good software program, steep learning curve, but it's nothing you can't do by creating your own folders and Word documents. Yeah. It's just another way of like visualizing, plotting. And since you're not really a plotter and you don't develop a world that much, I, I think it would, it's not necessary for what, you know, for the kind of writing or writer you are. I, yeah. I think it would just be a lot of necessary. Um, Babisco does the same thing. It's not as, not as in-depth and you can get a free version. But again... Oh you know why tamper with what you're already doing i mean because yeah. you obviously just kind of write down notes do you have like notes on your characters and, and their traits like after you write them do you like or do you just kind of know them or you know i'm, I'm curious know them <laughs> mm -hmm. um sometimes if it's like a weird side character i won't remember what color his eyes are and i'll be like oh his blank be blank gaze and i'll have to like go back and figure out what color his eyes are yeah. um <laughs> Um, but I usually, I write on Google docs, um, on my computer, because mm -hmm. then if I'm in the middle of the scene and I have to step away from my computer, I can finish it on my phone, um, mm. which my editor does not like because I don't yeah. indent on my phone. <laughs> so I just, you're do one of those of people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because they had, then they have to take that Google docs and translate it into something that can like a pdf or a word file you know i send right? it to her like that but it it doesn't it it trans it doesn't translate all my little spaces it doesn't, into it, doesn't. it is it is a nightmare <laughs> for formatters um yeah. i i formatted a book and edited a book for a friend she did a dark fantasy and i told her you know she wrote she writes in google docs and i say stop it stop it right now um you gotta gotta write into word because just because the interface looks the same you know mm -hmm. it's not and so she sent me her, her draft of her book and it was just a clusterfuck. It was just like, oh shit. I am nice. really good. So like I'll write in Google Docs and then I pull it into Word and then I Okay. I well, at least, I okay. It. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. at least you do that. That's 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 good. Um yeah, because you have to, yeah, you have to do that. But I've convinced her, thankfully, to now she writes in words. So we're all good because she's sending me these mammoth, you know, 500 page books. I'm like, I'm not going to like format it for you. You got to have it in order, you know. Um, well, going back to your characters, <clears throat> um, which one of your characters are your favorite and why? Hmm, honestly, Joelle was so much fun. Joel was a lot of fun to write. Um, she was a hot mess, <laughs> like lost her job. Um, she was just struggling with her mental health. Like she just, and then, you know, like this dreamy demon who like has been giving her nightmares for the last six months shows up at her door and she's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why are you here? 
Yeah. Um, I, this is not, I, I didn't order pizza. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. That's and good. She didn't lose that bite throughout the entire book and, or throughout the entire series. She didn't lose that bite. And that was, okay. just, it was a lot of fun to write. Um, some people didn't like her attitude, um, but again, I can't control them. That, no. that was that was how she wanted to respond to the situation and i'd rather her respond to situations with too much bark than like just lay down and take it so <laughs> well that's good yeah i mean that's that's great that you stuck to your guns and stuck to writing the character as she came to you and like you're being truthful to yourself and at the end of the day you you know you're you're following that adage you got to write for yourself and you can't help it if people like it or they don't no, you know, um, no, I, I get that. I'll write the story how I think it will be read better, but I'm not going to make my characters that are supposed to be realistic, right? Because, yeah, this is a, this, even though you say it's not a fantasy, it's not a fantasy genre, the, there is a fantasy element just because you're working with these supernatural types of creatures, mm-hmm. you know. No, I get that. Um, and then that kind of takes us into the idea of like audience and reader expectation and, and versus writer happiness, you know, in a way um, where you, you kind of know what they want and you're going to write the scene that makes it read better, but it's not to, to try to appease your audience, is it? No, no, I don't think so. Um, honestly, I write because I love to create. Um, I love to create something out of nothing. It's why I like to paint. I like to start with a blank canvas uh-huh. and create something. And, you know, I like to start with a blank piece of paper and build the story out of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, if I have to tweak a scene so that it's better received by an audience, I have no issues with that because at the end of the day, I'm still creating it. Sure. And there's certain things that I will hold steadfast to, like, characters personalities (laughs) and you know there's other things that i'm like you know what it would probably be more appealing if this happened Um, okay (laughs) so you have that level of of cognizance about your story that is 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 on an editorial voice it's not pure creative id driving everything as much as your characters tell you who they are you still have some sense of like yeah this is a great story but you know what's gonna make it better if i do this yeah yeah well that's good i mean what more could you ask for from anyone really so my next book like this is a good example of it my next book is not so much paranormal it's a dystopian romance um so it's kind of like end of the world um they're trying to repopulate and well good reason for the smut then we it's it's we have to we have to have sex to make more people exactly it's kind of like a smutty handmaid's tale Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going for here. All right. Um, <clears throat> so the guy, the main character, his name is Ray. I needed him to have a job that he was going to lose because he needed a reason to kind of get into this, like the, the breeding. Okay. So he's the, he's the stud. He's in this. Yes. yes. So he okay. needed, he needed a job in this dystopian world that he was going to lose. And my friends were like, Ooh, he should be a cannibal chef. And I'm like, no, because that's not going to make him likable. And I need yeah. him likable because he's going to do bad things. <laughs> he right. needs to start off being likable. <laughs> sure. 
He's a fireman who saves kittens from trees. He has. <laughs> he works at the grain mill. That's what we ended up. Okay. Well, then the that's how mill. you get the body. I mean, the physique. He has to have some kind of physical job. Exactly. So yeah. that the you know all the women who are like need to be bred with are like mm, that's the one I want. Yes. I want that guy with the obliques. Because he's gonna do bad things, but I need you know I yeah. need him to be somewhat like sympathetic, like a sympathetic character. Sure. So. Right. Can you t- can you give me an example of what you mean by bad things? Like he's going to do bad things. Like, what do you mean? There's this gang and the gang is like the black market because essentially what happens is like the world falls to shit. Everything goes like terribly. And so what happens is essentially babies become a commodity. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. There's not people really having babies anymore. So babies are kind of like an elite commodity. Something happened to them that has made people sterile yeah it's kind of like a whole bunch of things that happen at once okay all right it just, yeah everything kind of slowly happens and then all of a sudden like it's all fucked um so the young fertile women have it really great because as soon as they get over like the mindset of like i'm selling babies to get like a better living situation they have that but the young single men obviously can't <laughs> like have babies so they create this whole black market where they kidnap the young fertile women and they hold them hostage until they get pregnant. And then this young single men can take the babies and sell them. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. So, so Ray. That's, that's pretty dark, Tori. Yeah, that's pretty dark. I know. Sometimes I concern myself about my mind and then I'm like, eh, it's fine. But, but <laughs> that's, see, that's the great thing about no matter how, how horrible it is. Um, you know, it's not real. Yeah. You know, that's the thing you're allowing your it and your creativity to take you to places like, look, I, I know this is the worst thing and I can imagine, but I know it's also not real. I'm just telling a story here, kids. You got to like ease up on this, you know? And I also think it's like, I think it's missing from romance right now. Cause you have dark romance in terms of like motorcycle clubs and gangs and bully romances and all that stuff. But you're kind of missing the part of romance that's kind of like that darker dystopian thriller, you know, <clears throat> romance with a bit of grit to them. Okay. Yeah. See, I was totally like into the dystopian like realities, but I, I had totally forgotten there was a romance element. It was just like, you know, we got to breed, but I was so focused on here's what's going on. Here's a guy who's doing bad things and selling these babies. And I'm like, I'm in this world. See, it's me that you've created a world. You've created this dystopian world for me that I was like, yeah, I'm envisioning this. And I completely forgot the romance aspect. So how do you bring romance into this like really horrible, dark, bleak place? So the chick, her name is Myla. Myla is coming to town to buy a sleeping bag and she gets kidnapped into this black market gang. Okay. And Ray just happens to be her high school sweetheart. Okay. But they can't be together because everything has to be like, you know, like Ray's got to produce a baby because he has two younger sisters at home who he has to feed. He has to feed those kids. I see. And so he can impregnate her, right? Is he going to impregnate his girlfriend or his former friend to get her baby? That's the whole point. Like, she's not going to get pregnant though. (gasps) What? the next month she's going to go to some other guy and that's when all shit's going to break loose. Oh, if she doesn't produce, they just move her on down the line to the next dude. I see. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I'll have better luck with her. Put her on the conveyor belt. 
But Ray is not okay with this. No, because he wants to be with her. I see. Yes. There's the romance. Okay. Yes. I don't care if she's barren. I still want to plow that field. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with my virile plow. Look at me as I turn sideways. He has been working at the grain mill for many years. Oh, yeah. He, I'm, let's see. That's, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um, and he, you know, so she should be able to have a really good bread recipe so that they could like, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Fine. awesome. <laughs> I have no idea how it's going to end, but I mean, <laughs> we've got a great start going. <laughs> that's that's something. Um, right. Well, I mean, I could easily go into like parody venture here because you know I I do like with wordplay, but that, I, I don't want to ruin things because that would just like take it up in a wrong direction. We're going like comical. I will you know. tell you what it's called though, because the title makes me laugh. Is, is um, it something about yeast rising? It's not. Oh, it's okay. Called, it's called Screwed. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, if you could bring in some bread reference in something. And when they're having sex, talking about the malleability of her doughy body. And yeah, his, yeah. We got to bring some kind of bread his virile, <laughs> his, his, you know, virile baguette, you know, that she butters. I was going with like his wheat chaff. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to sift you like <laughs> chaff. Right. That's fantastic. Well, I think I think you've made me a convert here. I I I don't know if anything I've written you would be interested at all, but I'd love to do a book swap with you. Um Let's do it. you know, I mean I, you know, cozy is gonna be too tame, splatter western. <laughs> It's gonna be dark, but it's not gonna have any romance. Uh, you know, and then the same thing with the Paul Pori. Yeah, I'm good with horror. I'm good with just straight horror. There doesn't need to be romance yeah. in it. <laughs> no, there's none. Um, but there's a great villain. Oh, you perfect. Know. Yeah. Love so a I'll, good villain. Okay. Well, we'll we'll talk after the show because I definitely yeah. Send me something. <laughs> I'll send you my death's head. That's perfect. my that's my pulp. Um, and uh, yeah, that's. <sighs> This is so exciting. This is so good. Um, this is great. I, I'm having so much fun. Um, you know, I hope you are too. I, I, uh, I could tell maybe by your laughter. I, I'm hoping it's that's the case. Um, <clears throat> so tell me, do you have a favorite time of the day that you like to write? Or is it just whenever you're able to? Because you said, I know it's just that earlier, like if you're you're on docs you can write on your phone if something yeah. interrupts you but do you have like a time of day that you really like to set aside and say hey, i'm gonna write for a couple hours yeah, not really <laughs> okay. um honestly i'm very organized in general like in my life like everything is very organized um writing is the one place where i don't have to be organized mm. oh wow oh, okay i'm doing my like psychologist or psychiatrist thing here <clears throat> is your writing a direct response to how organized your life has been? Has it always been organized and structured for you? No. 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 Okay. Just right now, your life revolves around these things. Yeah. Do you think it's a response to that order? You need some chaos? I, I enjoy a little bit of chaos. The writing is my chaos. Okay. <laughs> and and now, now I know why you bring these chaotic beings. <laughs> yes. You know, the werewolves, yes. the demons, you know, the were dragons. Like, you gotta have that's a, a whole chaos. other thing. Like, <laughs> I'm curious as to see like, you know, like dragon penis or do I get wings coming out? I mean, scales, he do, uses is, his tail. Pre, prehensile tail come around. Like he uses his tail. Yeah. Because, you know, 
back in the day we used to call that the shocker um you know i mean does all come to mind i mean i've watched a lot of you know i've watched enough hentai just to know how this this ends up you know all the tentacles are going to find some orifice to violate people are really into the tentacles <laughs> no but i mean if you ever do like an octopus porn you know i, know. I was I was, um, my friend and I have an ongoing conversation because I, I really think I'm going to do a penguin shifter book, <laughs> but wait, I have to detail. Oh, the way they know. waddle, they are going to, they are going to nest on me. Like you wouldn't believe <laughs> I'm going to sit on your face and keep it. So you hatch, I'm going to give you the elevator pitch. So like, right. just imagine this. So there's, there's this woman and she's an Arctic researcher and she's up in the Arctic researching things. And then there's this Down. big storm arctic is down it's fine we'll figure that out later okay okay just just i know world building just letting you know north pole arctic i told you my my world building is it's just a simple it's a simple word not up or down that's that's all you gotta know okay so she's down in the arctic researching down in the arctic researching there's this big storm and she gets abandoned there left behind left for dead but don't worry because there's a colony of underground giant penguin shifters. <laughs> I really think this could be something. Oh my God. No, yes. I'm in. Um, peng- you said penguin sisters? Penguin shifters. So oh, like, shifters. Like okay. Because I was thinking like, oh, not only are we getting the penguin, like penguin love, but it's like lesbian penguin love. Like, oh my God. I was like, do you want a writing partner? Like, seriously, we will write the fuck out of this. Um, because if this is how you're creating stories and you're writing, we, I can come up with some stuff. Okay. Um, wow. I mean, okay. I have so many questions here. Uh, okay. If you are a penguin shifter, mm-hmm. are, is your normal state of being the penguin or the person? My mom asked me this. You got to know this shit, man. I, I really think that I mean, it's gonna be like the normal state of being is going to be like the penguin because they got to survive okay. up there. Yes, that's the thing. Like if you were a human down there, you would, wouldn't be able to do it. And if you're wearing clothes, oh. right. Penguins are able to survive. But I feel that. like, you know, like when they're down in like their secret underground lair city thing, then they can be human. Or, yeah. And do they, I mean... <laughs> there's so many questions here um and and, and uh, you know i have years of playing dungeons and dragons so i'm thinking automatically oh, this is like i'm creating this into a how do i make this into a D session um like do do the penguins have like a fleet of ships is this is how they catch fish and nets or do they go out i mean are they pals with the whales are there whale shifters shark shifters i mean this whole world of underground tunnels there are all these tunnels are they sliding around having a good time yeah. i mean penguin shifters that is amazing um and they're going to save this woman and they're gonna like have their way with her yes and she's gonna be like yeah and she's gonna be like i want to write a book about you because like this is way more exciting than the penguins up on the surface unless she's like (laughs) then she's gonna get caught molesting a penguin at the zoo and they're gonna lock her up like oh not all penguins oh i was looking for the pee-pee but this one this one's a real penguin it's not uh okay there's there's a there's a there's a concept right there (laughs) wow i this is fantastic um no seriously this is uh and never in my wildest dreams would i have imagined anything like that like 
create a story about, you know? Um, I love how free, just free, like, fuck, yeah, penguin people, of course. They're going to gather around together, and they are just going to, like, bang the shit out of her yeah, as penguins. Give me great. And she's going to love their slippery, smooth penguin bodies, their flippers <laughs> flapping all over we her. To, we have to incorporate beak usage somewhere in there. Well, um, obviously. Yeah, my friend is very insistent that we have to incorporate beak usage. Well, I so. think they're going to like be pecking at her when they get very excited. Maybe some of the penguins will you know, be jealous, and she's going to have to deal with that. Maybe it turns her on. Maybe she's in a pain. Like, you know, this this hurts, but I'm kind of digging it. Um, you know, and, and uh, wow. You have to have at least one penguin with a monocle and like a cig- cigarette oh, yeah. to, as an homage to Batman, to, as to a homage to the Batman, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. At what, when do they shift? Like when the Aurora Borealis comes out? I mean, no, that's Northern Lights. They'll never see it. <laughs> what makes them turn into penguins in the back of the people? just special they're just special they just choose they're just like yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a person now and do as people are they do they still have like penguin like features like uh, do they have no they just look they're like naked people really hot you know it goes back to like the the wheat mill the grain mill they have naked hot naked naked people they gotta have some clothing um I'm sure that they'll have some kind of thing with that. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they have furs from all the, like the, you know, all the seals and the, you know, that they bludgeoned. The seal shifters. Well, the seal shifters are going to be really pissed about that. If you bring in a walrus shifter, (laughs) you just call it tusk and be done with it. Um, Tusk you like that would be awesome. This tusk entered, entered her, you know, (laughs) with, Oh, three feet of ivory. Um, I think mean, that—that's. Oh, maybe I've been writing the wrong thing all this. All this. Time. I told you it's so fun. <laughs> yes, of course. It's it's so like utterly joyously ridiculous, you know. Like, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like, I mean joyous. Like, the utter freedom. Like now I get it. While your pants, you're like, yeah. I don't need any stupid outline. I'm just gonna write penguin smut today wow with a plot there has to be a plot there has to be a plot of course there's a plot you told me the plot (laughs) but now i'm like i'm rethinking everything maybe i've just i how do i bring in these walrus shifters into my cozy mystery series i don't i don't know if that's possible (laughs) you know i think i think yeah the the big the you know they they come across they come out of the lake because it's near the great you know lake erie and um these crazy walruses show up and they start uh waddling around yeah you know yeah wow turns out they're human surprise (laughs) (sighs) they just lay around on the beach all naked and bloated that people think they're just like people who've been drinking too much for too many years that's that's the story right there and they come up during the the fish festival they're like during the fish festival like Come on, they, feed me some fish. Oh, oh, oh. They think that it's a dead body, but it's not a dead body. It's not. It's, it's a just, waller shifter. Wow. And he's there. They All of them are coming because they know in the summertime. Yes. This is the festival of the fish. And they are here to celebrate because they want all the damn fish. Yes. And it beats having to fight it in the, in the sea. Like, look, these people are frying up for us. Why do we have to catch it? No, no. It's deep fried baskets of fish. Let's just go to the fish festival. <laughs> 
Oh. There's your summer plot right there. <laughs> yeah, screw what I had originally in mind. <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid cozy mystery. It's walrus people. Uh, walrus shifters. Yeah, I am changing the whole arc of my cozy mystery now. Um, you, wow. <laughs> this is this is crazy great. Uh, um, I I hope people just like fall in love with this idea in these series. I mean, seriously. I so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I and I get it. See, th- this this reminds me in an awful lot of, of ways. In the you know, I, I don't know if you're a reader of pulps, if you like those kinds of things, but there are a lot of pulp fiction from the like, 30s that were, was published in like science fiction or fantasy journals or magazines. And they were fantastic adventures of, you know, of course at the, you know, hundred years ago, we didn't know nearly as many things as we do now. So, you know, exotic places um, and, you know, in the real world, you know, to discover places in Africa and Asia and South America that, you know, most Americans were unaware of. So there could be these fantastic places and, 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 and peoples and creatures and all kinds of things. And there was this kind of a, free for all this whimsy like you just took it all in and adventure and excitement and danger and that's what i love about them that that the kind of the sense of uh unfettered kind of fun and i'm getting a lot of that vibe from your you know steamy paranormal romance this it reminds me a lot of that so that's tremendous i like doing it it's also why um, all the trolls on my page don't really bother me. <laughs> well, they could try, but it, I'm pretty hard to what, offend. <laughs> what are they? What are they trolling you about? Oh, I don't know. I think one of my videos made it off Bookstagram, so one of my videos got like tons of hits, and it made okay. it off Bookstagram. And it was one where it was talking about my main character taking both his. Um, his dick and his tail <laughs> oh i yeah i i i remember reading that yeah yeah and, and so i when i saw tail I'm like okay i'm this is pretty crazy like, <laughs> and so no, a lot no. of people took it seriously oh so i had a lot of people um just a lot of people telling me i needed to find jesus <laughs> yeah about uh, right yeah like um, the bible's not fucked up with stories and you just turn around and say look i'm an apostate so that was my my th- third book was about that just say look um why did your god insist on incest to as populate the earth not once but twice your god who's okay with rape your god who's okay with murder don't, don't give me this don't give me this garbage sister christian that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I got a lot of people telling me I need to find Jesus. I got a lot of people telling me I was a degenerate. Um, it's fine. I put that one in my bio. I like that one. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I did see that on your page. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I'm a You're owning it. Like, yes. Yeah. Right. It just, yeah. It's just like when you get a bad review, you know, you have to own it. Yeah. You know, I got, I got a one-star review on one of my books, but there was like, I think I might have been on Gage Black, but there was like nothing written. Like, well, at least tell me, if it was you thought it was a steaming pile of shit, that's fine. But just tell me the words. Use your words, you idiot. Um, and then I got a three-star review on Toxic. The, the guy loved it all, but the three-star review came from too many f bombs. And I thought, and I wrote back. I go, "What's the fucking problem with that?" <laughs> I never did hear back. But I thought, you have to own them. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Yes, I like to swear. 
you know, it's, there are a lot of good words in there, you know? Um, yeah, I don't mind bad reviews. Um, they, I, like, I don't get. That means people are reading, but you know? It, it honestly, everyone's not going to like everything. Of course. And it would be really boring if everyone all liked the same things. So sure. yeah, people giving me a bad review, usually it's not because of my writing style. Um, okay. It's the content, it's your smut. It's the content, you know? Wow, well, that's good, hey. Content, that's, yeah. that's okay. That's good. Um, my writing's good. <laughs> that's good, yeah. I think the, the first compliment I got on Gage Black was like, you know, Justice's prose is knife sharp. Um, now the person reviewing it didn't really, didn't really care for how much of a monster that the character had become. Like he just completely without redemption. He said like, oh yeah, that's the whole point. Revenge is a tremendous story, you know? Um, but but the, I, I was just happy to be praised for my prose. Like I'll take that any day, you know? Um, no, I love that. I love that. <sighs> okay. Let's, let's, let's shift gears just a touch. Um, you know, uh, I want to keep you all night, but let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, tell me how you felt the very first time you saw one of your books in print, you held it in your hand. What can you remember that feeling? Um, that would be blood crown because my novellas are ebook only and it was crazy. It was ridiculous. Like it just, I, I really don't think it's kind of, I don't, it doesn't make sense even now. <laughs> like I don't look at it. It's on my bookshelf and I'm not like, oh yeah, I wrote that book. <laughs> it just, it doesn't feel real. Um, I co-wrote Blood Crown. So Nosedive will actually be my first full length self-published novel. And holding that one in my hand, I think is going to be different because it's, it's all me. It's all sure, me. exactly. <laughs> right. But even uh, then, it just doesn't compute in my head. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, um, so your, your novellas, are they, they're just, they're e-published? They're e-book well? only. Um, okay. The publisher typically uh, puts them into paper once the series is complete. Mm. Um, so, okay, so kind of creates like an anthology yeah. kind of thing for you. Oh, I see. Okay, interesting. It, it makes more sense price wise, like because because Amazon's going to charge you, you know. Yeah, well, a hundred twenty page book will run a couple only a couple bucks to print. Yeah. I, you know, I charge like ten ninety nine for my pulps, um, and I get them for about two fifty three dollars landed. Mm -hmm. you know and so that's still pretty pretty good yeah. you know if i sell them like at a show a book show or something you know um so that's not that's not so bad but uh interesting i like that i like that so if you can tell me like what is your writer fantasy at the end of the day you know beyond goals and ambitions like when you think yeah my writer fantasy is what i want to make the new york times and i i want people to know my name i want people to know mm -hmm. my name you know yeah I, that's that's what i'd like i don't care how it happens <laughs> <laughs> she's the one who writes that walrus smut penguins the and walrus taking me to the top <laughs> right, exactly i i can't wait for that to become like a a a, a series on netflix 
<laughs> you know? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, okay. New York Times will be like, what's this penguin book doing on here? Oh my God. <laughs> How, wow, things, times have fallen. It's the time of the end times. <laughs> that's, been, that's awesome. Uh, well, great. Hey, it's a good fantasy, you know? Um, what advice would you give for anyone who wants to write? You just got to write. <laughs> you just have to write. <laughs> you can't, you know. Um, I have friends who I've met on Instagram who want to write, um, who are readers, and they think too much about what they're writing. And then that kind of stops them. And, you know, because they're, they're afraid that the words they're putting down aren't going to be good. Okay. And you just, you can't think like that. Sure. <laughs> you know, if you're going to write, you just, you just got to put the words out. Yeah. The, think about if they're good or bad later. Right. Because, you know, there, it, writing comes in drafts or in stages. You know, you have that creative burst where you write and you're just kind of getting it out. You know, yeah. it's not going to be perfect. And, and I know so many people who get caught in this idea of perfectionism and it prevents them from doing anything. I have to make sure this book is perfect before I move on to the next one. No, you don't. Yeah. Uh, it's never going to be perfect. You want to tell your story and that's great for that's you. That's your draft. And then you go back and then you kind of look at what you've written and then say, okay, how can I make this better? But there comes a point where it's diminishing returns. You just got to get to the place where you're happy with it and yeah. say, okay, it tells a story. It accomplishes what I want to tell. It's yeah. not perfect, but you know, and you let it go out into the world. And then, cause by that time you're already thinking of like, like you are, you're already working like books ahead. You've got books you're working on, mm -hmm. you know, you I, just, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say, you just gotta get the words out. <laughs> yeah. You just can't get bogged down and you get a good editor. Okay. <laughs> a really good editor. <laughs> all right. I, that's, that's all good advice. Um, <laughs> I always know like about three quarters of the way through a draft, like when I'm writing my rough drafts, I'm, I'm ready for this thing to be done. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, because in my mind, by the time I'm approaching the last act, the end, I've rehearsed it in my mind so many times. It's like, I know, why do I have to write it? Um, it just becomes like a marathon, like just yes. telling the story. And because the creative part of me is, is filled, it's already been fulfilled. It's like, it's bored. Yeah. You know, and it's like going, but hey, the next book, let's start thinking about that. When I'm like, shut up, I got to finish this one, you know? Um, and I think it's why having things on the back burner, things like plotting ahead, like I know the next book is going to be this and that book after that is this one. Um, I think that helps the creative part kind of stay at bay. Like, okay, you know, we got to finish this. We you can work on the back of our mind. We can start, you know, thinking about this one more. Mm -hmm. um, so I get that. Uh, just a few more just a few more questions um, just, to, just to share. So tell us again about your work in progress, your current book that you are working on. Uh, and by us, I, I don't mean like the royal we. Like, who? <laughs> tell us, uh, Ms. Heat. <laughs> the royal crown wants to know what you're working on. Unfortunately, it's smutty. So <laughs> um, well, here's my surprise face. What? Surprise. <laughs> um, more smut. That's yes. So I have two on the go. So I'm going to finish Umbra, uh, which is the last Darkling book. And then Darkling will be a completed series. So that will then, uh, that will then come out in, in paperback, right? Hopefully, like if, a, there's enough, if there's enough uh, interest in it. Like it print will, on demand. Okay. Yeah. I, it would be pretty cool to hold that one because that one was like the one that started it all. So. <laughs> yes. Are you, are you a little sad 
that it's ending? Nope. Okay. Nope. You, you've, you've, you've told the story. You've. I'm ready. Okay. That's good. No, I get it. I get it. Um, I was asked that same question. Like when you're done telling these four stories, are you going to be sad? And part of me was like, I might be a little bit, you know, um, but I can always do like small little like story tales of Juniper or, or tell things from other characters' points of view. But I'm going to tell you this. I've already decided um, as I was, before I wrote the second book, after the do the, do the four, I'm, I'm doing a horror story that takes place in the same town with oh, the same cool. with the same characters yeah and i'm killing everybody like the whole <laughs> fucking town and so i am introducing in the next three books of the series like about 15 to 20 new characters in each book so that i have enough people to kill off in the last one and i've told this people and my wife's like you can't do that the people are gonna be so angry i go yes i know why well, why would you do that i go well for me as a writer because i know the plot and i've already written the end oh my god the end it was like a punch to the gut i'm like oh jesus christ oh this one's gonna hurt um especially if you've like loved these characters for four books and you're like look i'm telling you man this is a horror story it's not a cozy mystery if you read this you're on your own i mean it is it's is grim and bleak <laughs> but a part of me just wants to do it as an exercise as a writer i mean because I know it's not the cozy story. I'm not going to bring yeah. death and dismemberment to the cozy series. It's like, no, but I've never seen that done as two complete, two completely different genres taking place in the same world, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but I, I kind of get, there's a sense where you leave the characters behind. They're done. I mean, I've told their stories, you know, yeah. I've been with these characters for a long time. So I'm just, their story's done. Their story's been done to me that I have yeah. to wrap everything up. So right, because you've got um, penguins to write. You've got yeah. these shifters. I mean, I'm... so um, I was sad to say goodbye to Luke and Joelle. So that's the Demon series. Mm -hmm. They were three books, and that's done. That came out at Christmas, so they're done. And I was sad to say goodbye to that one because they just like been with me a lot. Sure. Um, they're still fresh in a way, like yeah they're still new and well i mean maybe maybe their story even though it might be told maybe it's something if you don't have that complete sense of closure like you do with the other characters maybe it's something that can come back like a like a one-off or a short story or a series you know down the road the occasional short story might give you something to think about and, and jasper and ava which is the darkling book they really tend to like stick to the plot so even though i don't plot like they don't like they don't stray. They don't do crazy things. Yeah. They're very much like, we're going to follow the, we're going to follow the path here. Okay. I'm like, yeah. I need more, I need more chaos. <laughs> you guys like them, are so I write them and I love them. I do love them. It's sure. Just, yeah. I want to write crazy stuff. <laughs> well, it certainly sounds like you're heading in the right direction for that. Um, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I, I will be reading those books. I'm, 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 you're turning, you turned me into a fan. Uh, I yes. really seriously, uh, Tori, I mean it. Um, I think the more outrageous, the better. And so seriously, uh, I, I will be following very closely the journey when these books come out. Do you, do you, um, what was the name of the, the book that with the penguin shifters? Was that, was that screwed? No, oh, I haven't named the penguin shifters yet. Okay. 
How about something like how about something like ice hard or something like that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> pecking I order. I can see it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, just just throw it out there. You know, <laughs> not trying to like hone in on your style because you got it going. You don't need any outside help. But um, you know, I mean, when it comes in terms of like smut and and innuendo and uh, you know sexual imagery. Um, it's kind of in my wheelhouse. It's, you know, <sighs> this is good. I hope there's a movie of this. I swear to you. I I'll get in touch with my people at Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So look, people make this a reality. Get out there, buy Tori's books, make her, make Netflix come to her. Like, look, we want to publish Ice Hard. We got to publish Ice Hard. We're going to turn into a mini series, you know? <laughs> Um, I can just see now everyone's wearing the motion capture suits, waddling yeah. like penguins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's gonna be good. Uh, yeah. Well, who's the who's the uh, who's the plays the the main heroine, the the woman who gets left behind? We gotta come up with who's playing that. I don't know. Do you know what she looks like? Do you have an idea for physical appearance yet? She's gonna be blonde. I'm seeing okay. blonde. All right. Okay. I'm in. I'm sold. Um, <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to promote while we're here before we before we get ready to take? I think no. no. Okay. And and can you remind us again where we can find your books, the name of your publisher, and and all those other places we can find you, contact of you. Of course, I'm everywhere as Tori Heat. I was very lucky, so everywhere is at Tori Heat. Um, and my website is www.toriheat.com. All very easy. And Changeling Press publishes my novellas. Thank you. You know, at first, I wasn't sure if you were going to show up wearing your like Mardi Gras mask. And I was, you know, because, well, because I thought I, you know, all of your, all of your pictures or most of them have been like, you're disguising yourself, you know, know keep that kind of mystique. I'm like, it's either she's going to wear the, the, the the Mardi Gras mask or maybe just like a, like a bag. You know, I couldn't tell you're going to show up. So I'm really glad that you just, kind of hanging out tonight um i might make you black out my face later we'll see yeah, exactly i'll, I'll put like you a distortion know. on i'll put a distortion on your voice yeah. um porn gwens oh why did i not think of that earlier porn gwen yes uh um yes so many good things uh Tori, I have had a great time talking with you this evening. Thank you. So fun. <laughs> Good. This has been really enjoyable. Um, and the, the best of luck uh, on your delivery and, and be you. safe. And um, I think this comes out in about a month or month or five or six weeks, something like that. I'll, I'll send the links to you. You know, you can share them on all your social media. And um, well, I'm going to do my, my commercial and then we'll get out of here. Sounds good. You've been watching and listening to Between the Lines. You can listen to us on unsaneradio.com. Download full episodes to your device, or you can listen to full episodes right there. You're watching us on our YouTube page, Between the Lines Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you know someone who would like us and like the show, tell them about us. If you're a writer and would like to come on the show and join me for a chat, talk about penguins or whatever email me at between the lines 54 at yahoo.com that's between the lines 54 at yahoo.com and here's my cheesy outro see you next time between the lines 
Porn Gwen. <laughs> Porn Gwen. That's gonna be it. <laughs> <laughs>